What's up, nerds? This is Ben, also a nerd. I'm also a quitter, and it just so happens that I'm recording this intro on Quitter's Day. This is the second Friday of January when most people give up their New Year's resolutions. I've never been big on resolutions, and truthfully, even less fond of making large or even incremental changes in my life. But I do really dig the new year as a way to reflect on a fresh start, clear eyes, and or a full heart, that sort of thing. In listening back to these episodes, it's pretty wild to see how much my life has changed and overall greatly improved throughout the course of making this podcast for y'all. And that hasn't felt intentional. It's more been marked by little adjustments and lessons that happen every day. So, if you're already packing it in on your big plans for 2024, more power to you. You've got this. And take it from me, you can always try again later. What you should absolutely not quit is enjoying this journey with us and liking and subscribing to wherever you find this podcast. All right, enough self-reflection. Enjoy this week's episode of The Heroes Die. Hey, everybody. How are we doing this week? Really good. Hey, Sam. What's really up, good. buddy? Hey, yeah. fellas. Good to see all your faces. So the question I have for you this week, I got to I gotta paint a bit of a picture here for you. All right. It's the world we live in. It's today. Except there is some kind of temporal anomaly going on. And people are falling through wormholes and getting sucked back in time. Now, scientists don't know why this is happening, but they do think that it is somehow tied to the existence of humanity, right? They theorize that people are falling back into our timeline and pretty much immediately creating a new timeline. So our current present, we don't think is getting destroyed. It's not getting destabilized, but these wormholes are happening. People are getting sucked back into some point in human history. You with me so far? No. Yeah, I'm, you lost me. Yeah. But I can't wait to see where it's going. People, mm-hmm. you, you are walking around the world and you could get sucked back just walking through your day into another part of human history. Right. Okay. What skills or knowledge do you want to learn if you could get sucked back in time? Is it weird that I've thought a lot about this and and I've determined that like similar to what I talked about a couple of weeks ago, I just think I'd be useless. Like I like I like I just have nothing that would and that, and that is that is not the question, Will. Right. What would I want? The question to know? is, yeah. What what would you do if you had a reasonable fear of getting sucked back in time? Right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, so I mean. Has anyone read the Outlander series? I like I churned through those in the course of the summer once. Um, and is that smut? No. Well, I mean, yeah, then what you get turned on by? Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> the Outlander three, the Outlander's wife. <laughs> uh, but but the main character Claire is a nurse, um, and that comes in hand well, comes in handy a lot. I think actually in the in the eighteenth century comes mm-hmm. in handy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you you would go for first aid. You would go I for basic so. first aid. Yeah, I mean, you know, Paracelsus was treating in, like like illnesses with rocks back in like the the 16th century. You know, I think I I would go for something more useful than that. But what would you go for, right? Are you looking for like yeah. field medicine, like suturing? Like I today when I thought of this question was like, how do I make penicillin from moldy bread? Mm. Yeah, I Just think try it. I think a, a better understanding of of hygiene. 
Um, I don't think that like refining yeah, that penicillin is 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 reasonable. Uh, no, no, no. It, but there, but there are stories of like ancient practitioners like packing moldy bread onto a wound because there are bacteria eating aspects of bread mold that already exist, right? So, what is the I don't have a, labor, uh, a laboratory, I don't have a centrifuge version of that? That was like on my yeah. list. Yeah. No, I think. I mean, I think that would be lovely. I'd I think I'd want to. If you, if you're done. Um, just sorry, I felt like you were starting to talk there. Not, not, not to discredit <laughs> yours, cow. but uh, to transition seamlessly Christ, into another point of conversation. Just wouldn't mm-hmm. stop talking. <laughs> just this is usually how I define Already seamless. confusing topic. I'm close. just marking this clip as when Ben was disrespectful to me. Okay, that's <laughs> one, the one time. Not too yeah. many, but that's fine. It's going to be a pretty cluttered <laughs> track down there, man. The episode will remember. that's number two. So yeah. <laughs> I think I would I would want to go back and and learn from the jesters of like medieval times to uh, learn you know classic comedy ag- aggressively reversing the order of learning. It's what would you learn today that would be useful or crucial to know in the past. Though I do want to hear about you learning how to jest. Oh well, I would. Um, oh boy, that does change. I don't know. I would try to translate memes into into jester. Like try to try to bridge the gap of humor. Cool. That well, doesn't make uh, much sense. Well, um, if you're comfortable with it, why don't we cycle back around to Ben once he's like I wanna learn I would bring guns. I would bring guns to the, <laughs> the pre Yeah. Really change there's, the course of history. There's a good book series about that too. I think it's like called fifteen twenty three. I'll, I'll awesome. Legitimately it's about a bunch of, of uh like rural folks whose entire town gets moved to like rural Germany or like Prussia or whatever it was then. And uh-huh. they all have their guns and they create a kingdom by using guns on, on like. Now that's smut. Yeah. yeah. Now we're talking. <laughs> a different kind of smut. Uh, Cole? I mean, without knowing when I'm landing, it feels like the most generically accurate answer for me is like outdoor survival skills that are applicable regardless of the level of technology. But I think the thing that I would be the most excited to apply would be to learn just Am I guaranteed at all to land geographically where I am? No, but you're, where you where you land would be populated, right, uh, to some degree or another, according to the rules that I am currently inventing. What a question! <laughs> the Australian outback in fifteen hundred. <laughs> Good luck, sucker. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. I guess I'm sticking with survival yeah, skills. Guns with you doesn't seem like such a bad idea now, does it? <laughs> But what were you saying? You like you'd be most excited if I had any guarantee. I, fuck it. Fuck your rules. If I have a guarantee of where I'm going to land and have some sense of like, okay, these are this is the place. These are the people. I would research everything about their history and use that to my advantage to survive uh, mm-hmm. as a as a predictor and like Jafar esque character oracle. Um, a what? Biff in uh, in Back to the Future when he gets the almanac. Yes, exactly, hmm. exactly right. Like I think uh, knowledge, knowledge is power, and uh, I'm sticking to it. Honestly, that that crossed my mind as well, and it, it was why mm-hmm. I, I said it would be a random point because otherwise you'd be like, oh, I just like try to figure out where all the uh, gold deposits were wherever I was going <laughs> to land and just be rich. But I feel like careful. There's a Twilight Zone about that. There are the two <laughs> answers. There's like the thing that means I don't die no matter what. 
and the thing that means I succeed no matter what, depending on yeah. which rule we have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I thought about like like the applicability of learning how to make concrete, like what the All process All these, I think, are that. kind of upset by my idea of bringing a bazooka with you back. You could be the smartest man. You could have a fortress built of concrete. The guy with the bazooka is going to win. Yeah, yeah, so, and that and that is why. What would you learn? Was the question as opposed to what would you bring? <laughs> well, I'd learn where to find a bazooka. I'd also bring unlimited ammunition. Obviously, yeah, yep. <laughs> nice try. Yeah, my ben is just headset. walking around every day with a deconstructed bazooka and a backpack in case he drops through a wormhole. Yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's going he's to wind up on some lists. One of these days, that's basically prepper ideology. So it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of prepper topics. Wait, so do you, like my clothes not come with me, Sam? What are the rules of this of these wormholes? Oh, that's very true. Do my glasses come? Otherwise, I'm sunk. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you're yeah, just a you're blind wearing, guy with a missile launcher. Yeah, you're wearing clothes. You'd be wearing your glasses, presumably, unless it happened while you were in the shower, Ben. And then would bang, we you're dead. would we be in our modern wet clothes and carrying or a missile launcher like a scud? Yeah, missile. right. What about this the keys cool. in my pocket? Guys, what are you trying now? to do? What are you doing right now? Are you are you trying okay. to? Put what are you trying to do, Sam? What was this question? <laughs> no, it's very, Last week I'm we not, talked I'm about what's saying. your zombie apocalypse plan? Easy <laughs> or like what's your favorite type of pizza? Uh, <laughs> man, this is I, insane, Sam. You've derailed. <laughs> Marking Ben. <a> ben. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling punchy. I want a bazooka. Don't be I want power because you keep answering the wrong question. Morgan, how about you? The question is wrong. I don't know. <laughs> I'd probably just bring a bazooka too, I guess. Yeah, we're talking. <laughs> bazooka brothers. You and me together. Oh, I think man. If, I think like aside from survival stuff, I'd probably like tr try and learn a couple new languages. Just like to try and cover my bases communication wise. I'd languages. Like, Interesting. Yeah. That had not crossed my that's, mind. That's a good idea. Own yep. day. Who'd say, you say, with a rocket launcher say? Yeah. Ben's got a soft spot for languages. <laughs> I thought you were going to go back into a fantasy world full of dinosaurs and Aww. other magical critters that are trying to Boy, kill you. A one bazooka. Thing I bring with Can you. I bring a bazooka? Bazooka. Yeah, and a bazooka would be very I, helpful I, I, in the Aaron I, Tower today. Aww. I was gonna say what I wanted to do, but the oh, Rudy, warp. I'm sorry, but, but, I, but I guess the fucking time warp closed. You, Rudy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wormholes shut, bro. Fuck out of here. Yeah, temporal anomaly has ended. Rudy, what would you what would you want to? Learn? I would want to learn forensic science and uh, modern detective techniques and solve murder mysteries <laughs> throughout time. This person was Sherlock killed with a bazooka. Holmes. How do we put one and two together on this? <laughs> Their remains are everywhere. Absolutely. <laughs> like, I want to go back in time and, like, solve crimes like Spring Heel Jack me. and Jack the Ripper and shit yeah. like that and everything. Uh -huh. Hey, guys, sorry. I have to end early because I have a screenplay to write. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> and don't worry, it's going to be sexy. Yeah. <laughs> And it's the oh. timeline where the six idiots of us show up in the same place and what and happens. And solve then. crimes. No, he's going to be really <laughs> tracking down them. the rest of us. Oh, that'd be great. But none oh of us really studied like we were supposed to. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> so we just kind of. We all find out about it. Yeah. No, me out there, like, making yeah. gravel and mixing it with different levels of water and flour. <laughs> that's I'm shooting a that, rocket yeah. launcher backwards over my shoulder. <laughs> shoulder. <laughs> That's kind of how I go through life, just intending to learn the skills I need to survive yeah. and not yeah. doing it.
Yeah, Morgan. Morgan speaking a language, uh, cycling through languages that are millennia out of date. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't plan for this. Um, yeah, uh, bazooka definitely the most useful thing in the Aaron Tower, though. Sticking with that, y'all are in the middle of combat. A combat that began when Golgukan stormed down the hallway, interrupting Andruk, doing a whole bunch of healing, or at least attempting to, every 10 minutes for an hour. He sees the puddle that you made of his former lover, goes into a rage, summons his two Pinacosaurus friends, he already had his <laughs> Deinonychus at his side, and a fight commences. You're in the midst of it, you've already taken down Golgukan, but you got a couple of big Golgu dinosaurs, <laughs> one smaller one, and a couple of them have some fungal spores. Sven, it is your turn. What do you do? I pull out my bazooka. Um, <laughs> put on my robe and wizard. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Appropriate for once. Uh -huh. um, Sven is going to dart over a couple feet here to the west, uh, brandishing his weapons. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's going to take up a couple. Getting into the grill. Yeah, right up in that long neck of his, and he's gonna he's gonna double double swing. Oh man, you walked right through the double puddle too. Yeah, uh, that's gonna be a, a twenty nine to hit. Twenty nine is a hit. That is yeah. a crit. It's a crit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. Okay. I don't know why you need a bazooka. Yeah, yeah, I just have my arms. Yeah, I don't need um, a bazooka so long as I don't take a, the iterative attack penalty on my first two attacks. I'll be fine. <laughs> Uh, uh, 23 points of damage. 23 points of damage still up, bud. Okay. Swinging through with the second. Oh, uh, that'll be a 28 hit. 28 is a hit, not a crit. Uh, you found it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and that will be, uh, nine points of damage. Nine points of damage. Dynanicus falls. Yeah. Immediately after its friend... And trainer. Unfortunately, it was the last Dionychus, rendering them extinct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, its mate was the one we killed earlier. <laughs> that one had eggs. Oh. Hey, let's go stomp on those nests back there. <laughs> yeah. I want to learn the biological history of all animals to avoid this exact situation. <laughs> well, at least we figured out, finally, how they went extinct. It wasn't the Gulf of hammer. Mexico. On Druke, you're up. Oh, sweet. Um, Druke is going to uh, take uh, ten feet uh, stride, ten feet to the north. Take out, his, or he already has his bow. He gets it in his point blank stance and is going to shoot at the uh, Pinacosaurus directly in front of him. And just Here a reminder from last week, Will still magic. I got you. Okay. Uh, Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. That is a hit. Uh, it's ten damage. Ten damage. End of round two, the top of round three, one of the big heavy-hitting combatants off the map, one smaller dino, also dead. A couple of big guys coming up. Pinicosaurus, one's turn. I think it's going to attack you with its enormous tail. Just going to read the motivations of the Pinicosaurus here in the text. Yep, yep, going to attack with the tail. Coming at Andruk, who just hit it. That is a... 28 to hit. That hits. I know that. I should. That is 14 points of damage, and let me get a fortitude save, please. 
That's a 21. 21 just gets it. You take some damage, but you are able to stave off the effects of its punishing tail. Coming back around, write it on Druk again. Smack, smack. Ooh, doesn't hit. That's an 18. And for its final action, hmm. 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 Its motivations are changing. Mm-hmm. Going to take mm. one more attack here. Does it feel bad about it, at least? Not right now. The final attack is a miss. Going to have to take some unfortunate and somewhat gross persistent damage from you, Eugene. 2d6, right? It's two threes. Two threes? That equals so six. That equals six. <laughs> then divided by two. Is going to be three. Because they were two threes. Almost a helpful way to put it. Is this a math podcast now? I'm I'm into it. The heroes die from the order of operations. (laughs) Pinika Pemdas over here. All right. That is minus three, and I'm going to roll a flat check. Ten does not make it. It is the next Pinikasaurus' turn. It's going to camp back there because it uh, can't get through. The professor, it is your turn. So the professor uh, goes, uh, will uh, march. Oh, uh, what? Uh, what happened? What? The mental damage. It dealt damage to Andruk. That is over. That is over. Okay. Thanks for reminding me. So the professor will march forth uh, 10 feet uh, to the north here. Uh, and aim at the Pinacosaurus and uh, attempt to hit it with harm. And by attempt, I mean hit it with harm. All right. <laughs> Fortitude save from me. Uh, do me a favor and fail this, please. Uh, that yeah, might giant dinosaur? be yeah. a critical success. That is nah, a I don't think so. 31? eat its own head. <laughs> that's a what? 31? Yeah, that's a... Yeah. Yeah, that's a crit. Rudy, do you want me to look up the text of the spell, see what happens on a critical save for harm at level one? Or you got it? You got the language in front of you? I do have the language in front of me. Boing flip. It doesn't say anything <laughs> about critical successes. No? Okay, so it, does, it deals damage. Yes. Okay. It, it, all it says is you get a basic fortitude save. I think uh, basic means that there's no damage on a crit success. I believe that is true. Yeah. Well, there you um, go. Fuck it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> mm, professor uh, turns the harm on himself and kills himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Gives himself a grabber. A painful one. <laughs> yeah, not one of those gentle ones. The professor moves up into the action, uh, attempts yeah. to harm the Pinicosaurus. It shrugs it off, almost like it doesn't matter. Leighton, you're up. Uh, alrighty. So, Leighton. Oh, I'm sorry. Parking back, uh, we move straight past the other Pinicosaurus's turn. It does not have persistent damage. Forgive me. Leighton, you're up. You're forgiven. God, I really don't want to gum it all up with Claude. Um, Can Claude do a demoralized check? A really intimidating Winnie? Yeah. Ooh. Can Claude like his tail in a certain way? No, he has an intimidation of zero. Great athletics, though. Uh, all right, Leighton. There's more about us than worse, I think. Maybe about it. Probably true. Uh, Leighton is going to release a electric arc. So if I could get a reflex save from these two big dinos. Two big dinos coming in with reflex saves. One in front. Looking pretty good on the die. That's going to be a 22. That saves. One in back. 12. That 
does not. Uh, so the guy in front is going to take half damage here. So guy in front takes three. Uh, guy in back takes seven. If this was Pokemon, neither of them would take any damage, but unfortunately it isn't. Uh, and... It's not very effective. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I think Claude's going to hang out and Leighton is just going to say, if you need Claude to r- run up for some hooving, let me know. But I, I don't want him in your way, everybody. Uh, and that is going to end their turn. Uh, was that two actions for Leighton or three? That was two, but i that's it. Yeah, no problem. One in the bank. Yep. You just never know. You yep. never know. Eugene, that's you. What's going on? Eugene's going to cast animal form and turn himself into a bear. Yeah. Uh, um, that's going to be his whole turn, though. That's his whole turn? Okay. Yep. He's going to stay right where he is otherwise. Sven, we're back up to you. Okay. Sven, Sven is feeling real bold after destroying one dino. Uh, so he's going to do it again. Uh, he's going to step up and take a couple swings. Crack that shell. Ooh, that's a three on the dice. So that's probably going to miss. Unless a 14 is really talking us through it. 14 is a miss. Yeah, yep. Uh, okay, but a 24. How's that taste? 24, that is a hit. Okay. Uh, that will be for six points of damage. Six points of damage. That is Sven's turn on Druk. Yeah, uh, Druk's going to keep firing arrows for now. Uh, first roll, 25 to hit. 25 is a hit. Uh, it's going to be t- uh, 12 points of damage. 12 points of damage. Uh, another, a- another arrow, 19. 19 is a miss. Okay, and for my last action, I'm going to uh, use Guidance to encourage Sven. One down, two to go, Sven. Understood. Like, so you've got plus one here. It is the end of round three. Coming up to the top of round four, a lot of stuff happened. A little bit less than the last time. Professor tried something, didn't really work out. We got a bear instead of a goblin. And the two fighters are in the front line, making these dinos hurt. Pinicosaurus is too. Oh, it's going to swing its Sven. Got to, got to. Yep. That is a 32 to hit. Oh, yikes. Uh, yes, I believe that's a crit. That is a crit. All right. Oh, you got lucky, my dude. On 4d6, two twos and two ones. Wow. Yes, yes. So all day, that is six on the die. Uh, That is going to be 16 points of damage. And give me a fortitude save. Okay. You have a plus one on this fortitude save, Ben. Thank you. Thank you. All right. 24. 24 is a save. No worries. Nothing happens. Coming back at you again. Ooh, that's looking pretty spicy. That's a 26 to hit. That hits. Little hit, no crit. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's see if we can do a little bit better on 2d6 than we did on 4. We did. That is going to be 16 points of damage. Mm -hmm. And can I please have another fortitude save? Yeah. That will be a 21. 21 is the DC. Once again, you shrug off these effects. Ooh, nice. And for its final action, gonna swing again. It's pissed. There's mushrooms growing out of it. It's hurting. Oh, okay. That is a natural 19. Ooh. That'll hit. Yeah. That is a, yeah, that'll hit. 
That'll probably crit too. Uh, no, it's its third attack. So it's oh, at a right, minus right, right, 10. Yeah. What's your AC, Ben? 20. 20? 20. 21. 21. It does hit. Yep. And that is 14 points of damage. Okay. Man. Uh, Sven is down. Bonk. Sven is down. We got to do it. Putting the red X over him. That is three actions from the Pinicosaurus, bringing it up to the end of its turn, at which point the fungus hurts it. Roll in. That's two fours for four points of damage. Two fours for four points of damage. <laughs> Linearly consistent. Mm-hmm. Couldn't, couldn't tell you why it's funny, but it is funny to have damage described this way to me. <laughs> Might have something to do with that smile. <laughs> that is a 13 does not save. Uh, the damage will tick again next turn. The other Pinicosaurus just not going to do anything back there. It can't fit into the hallway. Brings us all the way up to the professor's turn. The professor, what you got? What's in the back? Oh, Feeling not a little gas? A little gas out. Much. Yeah, yes. Uh, unfortunately, I'll have to attempt to hit it with produce flame. Yeet. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so that is a uh, 23 to hit. 23 is a hit. Oh, good. So that is 2d4. That's 5, 5 plus. Uh, that's 9 points of damage. Hot foot it. Hot foot it. Halakahooty, the professor cries, and the flame is produced by from his hands and hits it. That's two actions. Yes, it is, isn't it? This thing's not gonna it's not like one E where the thing's gonna start like chomping on Sven's head because he's down, is it? You can you can you can wonder whether or not the Pinicosaurus is an herbivore or not. <laughs> Based on its overly defensive uh, nature of its body, I would guess it's an herbivore. I just meant it's not like it's not like in one e where when someone was down, they would like beat them to death to run out their constitution score. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it well, functions similarly. Yeah, I mean, okay. Sam did okay. do that to me last week, so it's definitely possible. Oh, to right. Claude. Okay. To Claude. I am honestly more insulted that you think Claude isn't a part of me. Well, I feel like we ought to drag Sven out of there, but is that going to bring the Pina Colada uh, further in? Uh, Professor, you're acting right now. If you try to drag him out, he's going to get caught in the pain. Thanks, Cole. Yikes. <laughs> Come on! He's going to get... Oh, I guess that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Mark in the clip. <laughs> Thank you, Will. <laughs> Always nice to have an ally. Episode 38, Things Come Apart. The professor can only uh, get up next to um, Sven. He cannot move him because he's too, out of action. Too bad about my terrible jokes. I'm just going to have to be the only effective spellcaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's going to have to be what I bring, I guess. Coming for you. The professor <laughs> moves after firing off a produce flame. The Pinicosaurus is looking at Sven. And is there hunger in its eye? Who knows? Next up is Leighton. Leighton, what you got? Uh, well... After that prideful statement, I have to say I'm so confused about the way that this cantrip heightens that uh, it's making me not want to cast it, which is a real bummer because I think it could be pretty good. Um, what is it? What is it? It's all right. Heightened third means mm-hmm. it needs to be as if it were a third level spell, right? Which means I would have to be sixth level, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. You, sixth level. And are you, you're spontaneous, right? Uh, you're not prepared. You don't, you yeah, don't like yeah, yeah, yeah. get I mean, your spells every morning. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So. That is such a fucking bummer. Frigid Splash is such dog shit until you're 6th level. Okay, so in that case, 
Andruk, if you can clear space, Claude can fill it in, or Eugene, I I don't know, but we need to get Sven out of there and somebody else in. And Leighton, actually Leighton is going to hold. He's going to delay. He wants to see what Eugene and Andruk do. All right. Leighton holds, considers casting a spell, but just doesn't have it in the tank. Just not quite powerful enough. Stupid. (laughs) Eugene, you're up. All right. So how how big is the bear, right? Because goblins are small Enormous. creatures. Probably three, <laughs> four hundred feet. <laughs> it's it's girth actually kills the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, oh it's like God, whatever the whatever the dinosaurs are. It's at least twice as big. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, no, I, <laughs> now Eugene's stuck in the room and he starves. <laughs> no, this is this is a question that I'll a question that I'll pin for 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 later research. But like, is it a small bear or is it a normal medium sized bear? I'm just I'm just unclear. So no worries. I, I think I think just if if I'm gonna get to roll damage like it's a normal bear, then it should be like a normal bear. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because like the like animal form lists like have pretty like different damage outputs, and I think and, that like and as you get more powerful, you can become bigger and bigger things, right? Correct. This okay. is also part of it, right? Is that like earlier on in the game, level one and two, the only things I could change into were like insects and birds. So I th- I think the idea is that as he scales, he can transform into bigger things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're not just you're not going to be a small dragon, right? That's uh, not how this works. All right, Eugene, you're a bear. Eugene's going to take a 10-foot step to the north, up to the feet of the uh, big old dino, and he's going to bite it in the knee, or try to. Bite it in the knee. That's a 27 to hit. 27 is a hit. Here we go, rolling some D8s. That's a 4, and that's a 5, 4, 9, 10, 11 points of damage. Oh, my goodness. This Pinacosaurus is looking a little fucked up at this point. That's a move and an attack. What else you got? Yeah, we'll try and attack again just to see what happens. 15. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Cool. That's Eugene's turn. But a strong turn indeed. Sven has moved an initiative order to right above the Pinacosaurus on Druk. That means you're up. Yeah. Um, so Druk is going to attempt to take a shot at the Pinacosaurus with his first action. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm rolling for that here. Uh, just not rolling well today. Uh, 19. 19. Total, Miss. I know. Yeah, okay, great. Well, then with his second action, Druk is going to drop to his uh, top to one knee and uh, attempt to use battle medicine on uh, Spend. So here we go. That's the high die roll I needed. Uh, that's going to be uh, 29, which is a crit success. So that's 4d8. Here we oh, yeah? go. 17 points of healing for Spend, and you're at wounded one. All right. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Andruk, well done. Leighton will hop back in. Mm-hmm. Claude is going to prepare an action to move if the Pinacosaurus dies. Um, so he'll use both of his actions to prep a movement. And then Leighton is going to go back to the well. He has to take, I think, a five foot step forward. And I need a reflex save from both of the dinos. One in front. That's a 10 and a natural one. Lovely. Uh, fail, critical fail. Um, so that is going to be nine points to the regular failure and 18 points to the critical. Ooh. Nice. Ooh. Let's go. 
How much to the critical? 18. 18, my god. All right. The one in front is still up, though? Still up. These are. God damn. Um, I I double checked. Sacks. Yeah, no kidding. I double checked. um, Everything that Eugene can turn into animal wise is medium. Okay. All right. Leighton with the electric arc and a move. Claude prepping an action to move in. Understood. Oof. Oof, baby. Sven, that brings us to your turn. You are up. But you're lying down on the ground. I'm lying down on the ground. I'm going to stand up then. Uh, and then I'm going to start swinging. Oh, yeah. That's a 20 on the die, baby. 31. Rising 32. revenge. Yeah. Always oh, smacks mm-hmm. good after bidding. 32. Up. That is a crit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 30 points of damage. <sighs> Goodbye. And that wow. takes out the Pinacosaurus. And I'm going to say, Sven, that you were prone... And I don't think you hung on to your weapons when you went unconscious, but I will give you both weapons in your hands as a single interact action. So I think that's three actions to stand back up with your sure. weapons. Yeah. Cool. And Claude is going to go running down that hallway. That's yeah. what I think he's going to do. Need a hole. Mm-hmm. And is going to, yeah, sprint to the north, galloping, leaping over Andruk and Eugene. Yeah, he jumps the bear. Uh, and slides into position next to the Phoenixaurus. Oh my god, I think he jumped the bear on that one. Oh, oh, oh god. It's the terrestrial <laughs> fantasy version of Jump the Shark. Yeah, yeah I mean, I jumped the bear on that one. Roll, oh, right, you just move. You just move. I just move. Right. That's it. Yeah. My goodness, the Phoenixaurus, having taken some damage in this fight, but not yet having acted, is going to lash out with its tail at Claude. Having watched its mate die, she is swinging for this horse's knees. Damn it. It's an 18 to hit. Uh, that 18, 18 misses. That, that's a miss by one. And another fucking 18. Claude is dancing, baby. Dancing yeah, Claude's shoes. dancing. Claude's dancing. And Pinacosaurus is going to swing one more time with its well, quick clap, cannonball the fun tail. <laughs> Five on the die, that is a miss. Pinacosaurus not looking as strong as it was a moment ago. The professor, you're up. What are you gonna do? Get Sven out of there? Sven, just still holding Sven's yeah. sleeve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like away. like like uh, <laughs> just just completely focus on I'll get you out of here, Sven. I'll get you uh, uh, oh uh, sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, uh, my little friend. Uh, yes, yes. I'll hit this uh, perennium saurus here with a uh, produced flame. <laughs> Fucking shit. <laughs> That's a 17 on the die. Yeah. <laughs> That'll, what is what is it all day? Uh, 26. 26. That's a hit, not a crit. Uh, for uh, nine, another nine points of damage. Another nine points of damage. Whew, not nothing. Spinosaurus has not seen a lot of action, but has taken some damage. I did not do a fortitude save the last term. Was I supposed to do that against second? Or is it something that I can do? You are no sickened. longer sickened. I'm not sickened? You were sickened from the smell from the Zulgath, uh, from Golglucan. He's dead, so you oh, are no okay. longer. It's, it's still, like, gross, but it's not as bad. Oh, yeah. Dabs at himself with his handkerchief, and um, that's all I got. Heard, heard. Eugene, that brings us to your turn. Eugene, or Bear Jean? Mm-hmm. All Bear Jean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Eugene is going to go uh, 15... 25 
feet to the northwest. Mm -hmm. uh, do, are we flanking? At Getting that into point? flanking position with Claude around the Pinacosaurus. You are flanking. I love that for him. And then he's going to take a bite at the knees of this dino again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, that's great. I like I like thinking about uh, Aubergine on all fours as he's moving, right? It's not like a fair <laughs> oh, sure. standing and walking. <laughs> oh, it's a 19 on the die. Right, right, right. Uh, 29. 29. Hit. Air crit. Not, not a crit. Not a crit. What? Uh, rolling some damage. Eight points of damage. Eight points of damage. And you're rolling 2d8? Yes, yes. That was a four and a six plus two. Oh, no, no four and a two plus two. Four and a two plus two. Okay. Yeah. That's that's huge. 2d8 plus two. I mean, that's that's some pretty serious damage. Yeah, All right, minus eight there. there for the Pinacosaurus. Just this poor, poor animal. Just angry, um, scared, being hurt by a bear. And we'll try one more attack. Mm -hmm. That will be a miss. And a miss on the final attack. Andruk, greatest hits? Probably. Duke's going to step up 10 feet to the north in order to get a bent position to shoot at the dinosaur uh, and then take a shot with his bow. It's a two on the die, so that's going to be a miss. I will roll one more time. You are no longer in point blank stance because you moved, right? I am. I'm still in point blank stance. Oh, it moves with you. Wow. I believe so. I'll, I'll look up that rule, actually. I've, I've thought you, it was just like a stance you get into once per combat. Hmm. I'll look it up. Anyway, it's a one on the die, so um, just going to keep... Serves you right, you cheater. That's it. <laughs> Goodbye. going to keep Goodbye, shocking. That's <laughs> the third time I've been disrespected. <laughs> Leighton, that brings us to your turn. Great. Claude is going to hoof out against the flat-footed Pinochle. That is an 18 on the die, so that... Might be a crit. Uh, 28 to hit. 28, not a crit, does hit. Even flat-footed? Minus Even two? Even flat-footed. Okay, cool. Um, what was it to hit? It was, a, it was a 28 to hit? 28 to hit. Does not, does not crit. Okay. Uh, 10 points of damage, and you will hoof out once more. Hoof out. Hoof out. That is going to be a 22 to hit. 22 is a hit. Oh, God. One out of the box, lost a five. That's very sad. Became a one. That is going to be nine points of damage there. And nine then... points of damage. Who doggy? Yes. Ooh, horsey. Layton is going to get himself up into the hallway um, so that he can see this dino and uh, everybody's favorite lightning arc. Can I have a reflex save, please? Reflex save coming up. Nineteen. That succeeds exactly, so you'll take half of this, which is going to be uh, four points of lightning damage. Um, and Leighton himself of lightning damage. is bored with Electric Arc at this point. And uh, he just watches the cloud keep doing it and goes, meh, very well. Huh. Not again. Oh, here I go again. However, Morgan, that was uh, 19 plus 8 for a 27 from the bear earlier. Uh, 19 plus 10 is a 29. It was a 29. That is a crit. I mean, we just double my damage. We can just double your damage. So and the Pinacosaurus dies. Toot toot! Closed head injury! Its eyes roll back in its head and it collapses. It tastes toast. There's a little pause after the last attack and then it just 
cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. He died of old age. Yeah. Wow. And that is oh. the end of combat, taking us Ooh. out of turn order. Oh, that was a big fight. Um, Cole. Yes. Hero point for corking the door with Claude. Door that corks. Great, yeah. Great mm-hmm. tactically, very smart. And I think I saw it in the chat maybe last week, uh, but you were worried that they had trample. They do have trample. Four small or smaller creatures. Oh. So as soon as Eugene went bare, couldn't trample him anymore. Nice. Did you look at this map and you were like, oh, fucking come on. Because yeah. looking at <laughs> this as a GM, I'm alone. like, what's the fucking point of these creatures on this map? Yeah, I mean, like, the the thing is, you guys, in, they got introduced in a way that I don't think m- potentially most parties would. Like, <laughs> most parties don't, I think, send one of the guards from <laughs> the entry fight into, it's like, hey, can you guys go get your bosses for us? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> that, that, that pulled everything into this entryway in a way that I think was fun and, like, I hope felt kind of dangerous because I was coming into today being like, Oh, I hope I don't kill somebody. These these creatures have a lot of hit points and they hit fucking hard. Yeah. But when they can only hit one of you at a time and you guys are only interacting with one of them at a time, it, you know, it makes the fight very very manageable or far more manageable, I should say, than before. I mean, I still put, put still put Sven down, but man, Yeah, I mean, if they uh, had yeah, been well done behind us in this room when the guy had come in and we had been like mm-hmm. squeezed between we'd all be dead yeah. yeah yeah for sure they are written far differently like they're it's sort of a little bit more of an optional thing but if golgu can's in the room and he's their primary trainer and he's calling him in and he's in a rage like yeah they'll they'll bust through those stones so well done fellas uh what do you want to do now is there some healing that needs to happen healing in uh i'd love to take 10 minutes to focus up all right eugene taking 10 to focus some healing is getting done. We'll roll all of that off air, but it's going to take some time. Uh, Will, how long is it going to take to get all that healing done? I think about two hours is what we did. Okay, so two hours is going to pass. That time is going to pass. In in that time, what do people want to do? And I will remind everyone of the rules that we don't use super often, but I think are actually really great. Consider yourselves in exploration mode. And is there a task that you want to be doing in the areas of the map that are currently revealed or in other places? Talk to me. Eugene is going to keep detecting magic, looking for anything in the room of interest. For sure. Sam, I, I also have some role playing I'd like to do with Ron, but I don't know what he's if he's a, a little more with it yet or not. He is a little bit more with it. Still seems like dinged up. But yeah, he's he's coming back too. Do you want to do that first or do you want to do the detecting magic first? I think we detect magic first. Okay. I'd love so, to loot his dead friends before we really re-engage. Understood. So you In do front go of him. through the You do go through Eugene, the bodies. Distract him. <laughs> you do go through the bodies and Eugene, you had actually asked about this before the healing took place last session that got interrupted by Golgu can you ping detect magic you something comes back and you're not sure where it is so you begin patting down the bodies on one of the zulgath warriors you discover a blood seeker beak 
which is a small consumable item, which I will read aloud to you. This long hollow proboscis is harvested from the notorious blood seeker beast and drips a trickle of blood. When you activate the beak, you deal an extra 1d4 precision damage on your damage roll. If you deal sneak attack damage to the creature, you also deal 1d4 persistent bleed damage. It is a consumable, magical, necromantic talisman. It can be affixed to a weapon. And this is kind of neat. To activate it, you just envision it. So it's a free action to activate it. And the trigger is you hit a flat-footed creature with the affixed weapon. So it's an extra 1d4 damage, one time. That's cool. It is cool. It, it does feel a little harder sometimes to get excited about the magical items that you just use once and it's like 1d4 damage is like, all right, cool. But it's also like, that's a buff. You know what I mean? That's an action in combat to like get a quick buff on your next hit. Like it's it's well, it's good, but... And for a rogue in a boss fight, dropping 1d4 persistent bleed would be sick, but none of us have sneak attack, right? Like that's the other true. thing is I think they're pretty specific. Like mm-hmm. they're really good for certain classes. Yeah, sometimes. and a good GM would change them out, you know? Goes without saying. That is what you find there. If, when you're going through the bodies, all of the Zulgath warriors had great clubs. Lakai Wunfang had a great pick. She also has had a breastplate, four javelins, and a snare kit. Packing. All in her back pocket. <laughs> All in her back pocket. She just she never leaves her bedroom without them. <laughs> Golgu Khan had a breastplate, a great axe, and four javelins. And the Zulgath warriors, a bunch of javelins in those clubs that we mentioned. That is what you find as you go over the bodies looking for the magical items. Is anybody else searching the room that the Pinacosauruses came out of? What's going on up there? What are, what are other people's exploration mode activities? Uh, Sven wants to scout ahead, uh, mainly in the room to the, the east. See you, Sven. I think I think I was thinking about scouting too, and I think the the way I pictured it was like standing at that door, waiting for to hear if someone comes. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like not necessarily like getting ahead of the party, but like just like keeping on on your guard. Same. Yeah. Does that seem reasonable, Sam? Yeah, absolutely. You guys want to stay at? You guys want to go to the entry to the hallway to the east? I will reveal areas there because that is a hallway as opposed to a door. You look down, it's uh, it's kind of darker here, but you get the impression that there is an opening to the north about 30 feet down the hallway. You see uh, Sven, please. Yeah, man. Sven, I think, wants to go in, uh, at the outcropping like and listen to see if there's anything. Okay, uh, I, I'm going to move your, car- your pawn back to there. <laughs> oh, it's just the please man. that is what you see when you come up to that doorway Sven wants to go and begin the next encounter heard there's two hours here so actually actually no I think that you're not scouting into new areas while everybody's getting healed up um, unless you are going alone without the rest of the party Um, actually but Sven didn't you have to get healed yeah yeah so I think that I think these are activities that are going to be in this room if you want to get the healing from Andruk. Gotcha. Cool. Uh, otherwise, yes, scouting. Andruk, I think that you are healing for those two hours. So sure. that will be the continuous activity for you. 
I've got Leighton there, and people can do other things, right? You can you can search, you can do other stuff, right? This is this is two hours, so Leighton. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd be interested in looking through uh, the shitty little zoo, and then um, generally sort of investigating, trying to figure out what other wild animals we might anticipate seeing. Yeah. So do you want to roll what, like a nature check? It's a secret check, Sam. It is a secret check. Um, My bonus is a plus nine. Your bonus is a plus nine. I'll roll that for you. Yeah. And you're using, you're kind of tying this into investigate, I think, for exploration. Yep. All right. Okay. So one of the things that you see as you look around these piles of hay, these standing stones, not standing stones, these piles of rocks, like it indicates that the Zulgas have been here for a little while, right? They are settled in. That is one of the things that strikes you, right? They, you're not sure exactly how long they've been here, but they're comfortable. They're, they're, they didn't just move in. They've established themselves at the Aaron Tower. In terms of what other animals you think you're going to come across here, looking through the feed here, it's pretty clear that there's dinosaurs. Uh, that 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 is what they okay. okay. Check. Got yeah. it. Check. <laughs> How did that? You think, you think that there's you think that there's more dinosaurs here? Uh, and knowing uh, a little bit about Zulgath culture, there is like a reptilian connection between Zulgaths and dinosaurs, right? It's like uh, the, these dinosaurs are akin to like dogs for that, though with mm-hmm. bigger teeth. And tails. And armor. And tails, that swing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. They're yeah, cool. I mean, I think if I, it, over two hours, would I, would I have an opportunity? Because I sort of forgot, right, that, yeah, this is a... This is the Aaron Tower. It's not mm-hmm. the Zulgath's lair, like, mm-hmm. originally. Is there anything that we can learn through, like, occultism or society, maybe, about, like, what this space was actually built to be before it was turned into a pen for dinosaurs? That's a good question. I think you're... Yeah, you you learn... What do you want to roll? Society? Let's roll society. Are you a plus nine on society? Plus eight. Plus eight on society. You've heard stories. Being in the circus business, going ahead into towns, you know, ironing out the contract with the town that you're visiting. You spend some time in taverns. I don't picture Leighton as a big drinker, but you hear things, right? And one of the things is that the Aaron Tower exists and it is known and people just don't really know any specifics about it. You've never heard anything like that, right? But it's like uh, in phrases, right? Oh, it'll be standing there longer than the Aaron Tower, right? It's like baked in as like a permanent artifact of the society. But people don't know what it does or why it's there. It's associated with Aridin. You know, there's there's some belief that Aridin is the one who raised these towers in claiming this land, but the... the that's like, you know, a line in a history book as opposed to learning much about it. So there's very few specifics from society, but it is baked into the lore of this region. Yeah, so it's like the Empire State Building. It's famous, but nobody knows why. Yeah. What it's for. Yeah. Yeah. It looks awesome. It looks very <laughs> cool. I still don't know what happens in the Empire State Building, though. I've never known. Mostly tours of the Empire State Building, I think. And, like, peach landing zones. Very circular logic. <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of tourism. 
<laughs> yeah, it would be it would be wild to know someone who worked at there. They're just like, oh yeah, that's like Sam. Stuff. You can't go How into you... the Empire State Building lobby without having a ticket. That would be a very expensive job. I hope they cover that for you. Oh, come on, you! Pow, bing, pow! Jokes. This bow tie just spun. The professor, you're up in the corner of the Pinacosaurus's den. What yeah, are you doing up I, there? I was trying to investigate more into the Pinacosaurus's, but Cole uh, did that for me. No, actually, no. I was looking at something different. Actually, mm-hmm. um, I was investigating uh, for our listening audience. The map we're looking at um, <laughs> has a skull in one of the Panectosaurus's nests, and I was wondering, do we have a sense of what is being fed? To these dinosaurs? I guess that answers whether or not the Pinacosauruses are carnivores or herbivores. Uh, the Pinacosauruses are are herbivores. Um, it seems like maybe they're taken out and walked sometimes. This could be the Deinonychus's food, something along okay. those lines. There is, uh, a, like, it looks like a bovine skull yeah. in a, on a pile of cloth. In any case, taking a closer look at that the things in their pen you do find some things you find some Deinonychus eggs and the professor they're not extinct they're not extinct thank god well, thank yeah. god the, <laughs> they shouldn't be breeding all the Deinonychus were female mm-hmm. <laughs> life finds a way and professor give me a give me a society check oh that's a shame can I give you a thievery check instead? Yes, you can definitely give me a thievery check. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> a natural one. <laughs> Drops him. <laughs> so that would this be a like, 10. Uh, a 10 thievery. <laughs> you're like, you're like uh, these are worthless. We should eat them. No, wait a minute. I think I've heard something about this. Uh, <laughs> Eugene, let's say let's say yeah. you get called over. Uh, give me, give me. Dude, I'm literally about movie? to scramble the eggs. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Eugene's about to make a mean omelet. Um, yeah, I can enhance victuals. That's another second level spell. Uh, twenty-two nature. Twenty-two nature. Yeah, you know that these are pretty rare. Not um. They're not nearly extinct or anything like that, but you believe that uh, they would have significant value in the right markets. And also, you know that if you want to take care of these eggs, you just need to keep them warm. If you do that and you take them to uh, another large city, you can sell them. Or alternatively, you can keep one or both of them and try to raise the dinosaurs instead. We don't have to decide right now, right? You don't have to decide right now, unless da, da, unless the professor is uh, eating them, in which case the decision da, da, would be made. You've seen that on Kazoo, right? This episode is yes. like a happy struck. I insist at being at the birth of each dinosaur in this tower. So actually, looking a little closer, that is Golgukan's tent, which is in the Pinacosaurus's area. Oh. I did not immediately recognize that as a tent. <laughs> Forgive me. And that is why there is a skull hanging from it. When you go into Golgukan's tent and paw through all of his things, uh, you do find an urn with nearly 100 dinosaur teeth. 
He keeps one tooth from each dinosaur he's killed for being too slow to learn his command. Mm. How? Among these teeth is, and Eugene would find this coming over and still pinging detect magic, a shark tooth charm. BRB? <laughs> oh, shark tooth charm without Pathfinder attached to it. Sure brings up a lot of things you can buy. <laughs> I got it. Oh, but they're fucking righteous, dude. <laughs> a magical talisman that you affix to armor. This dried seaweed bracelet is lined with charms shaped like small shark teeth. When you activate the bracelet, if you roll a success on the triggering check, you get a critical success instead. If you roll a critical failure you get a failure instead. If you fail the acrobatics check against a grabbing creature, the creature must either release you as a free action or take 2d8 piercing jam- damage as shark's teeth momentarily emerge from your skin. Dude, that's what? awesome. And the trigger here is you attempt to escape using acrobatics for your roll, but you haven't rolled yet. The requirements are you are an expert in acrobatics, so I don't think anybody can use it quite yet. But that is a very, very cool... I like that. Yeah, the shark teeth come out of your skin and it takes damage. All right, so there is a passage to the south down below the entrance room and there is a passage to the east that Sven is really, really desperate to get down. It's been two hours. (laughs) You sat here getting healed. What's going on, please? Enemies at the gates. Sven is like a dog waiting for his walk. Just like (laughs) at the door. Yeah, ringing the little bell. (laughs) Ringing the bell and then just looking at you. Doing nothing but looking at you. Andruk, is there anything you wanted to do in these rooms besides heal as you wrap that up? I I mean, I think Druk's desperate to find Detris. Um, So like Mm -hmm. while we were were cooking, um, he was talking to the different Zulgaths or trying to to get a sense of if, you know, they they had any sense of, of where Detris was. Um, and I think that that was not successful. I've, we've asked many times, and it seems like these Zulgas at least don't aren't familiar with a dwarf champion. Yeah, the the information that you would have gotten is uh, upstairs, and Wait. that's a, that's about the extent of the information that that you're getting. As that two hours is wrapping up. Winds kick up everywhere in the tower that you can see, kicking up hay, blowing it around as though it were a gust of wind. Seems reasonable. What is this invisible force? <laughs> <laughs> Spend has never seen just... wind before. <laughs> yeah, you can't scout wind. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, shit, man. Layton is like, I thought only I could do this. As those two hours are drawing to a close, wind kicks up and you try to walk in any direction and it seems to be coming from everywhere all at once. You try to move through it and you're unable to. You're frozen in place by that wind as it buffets you. Hay is strewn everywhere and just as quickly as it started, it stops. We should wait another two hours to see if it happens at that regular interval. That way we don't have to be so worried. I will root myself in place at the foot of this hallway and proceed to watch for it. Excellent. Two hours pass. (laughs) Two hours later. (laughs) 
Um, did we get a sense, was it just like an explosion of wind in this room or did it come from a hallway or? It, if y'all are spread out throughout the two rooms that you're in right now, it happened everywhere. It seemed to be as though it was happening in places that you weren't as well. You would guess, right? It, it didn't seem to be local to you. I think Eugene's going to go up to Ron and be like, you told us that there was like some earthquakes or something. Have you been yeah. getting the weird gusty stuff too? Uh, I mean, I, I think maybe I've heard about that when I was out on a hunting party. That may have happened uh, back here at one point. But I, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of in keeping. I mean, just weird shit's been happening. Honestly, dude, it sounds like you have ghosts. I I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, a place like this, how's it going to exist for that long and not have some spiritual energy attached to it, you know? Mm-hmm. That's a spooky. That's a little weird. I mean, it, it's a magical place. They're upstairs messing around with magic. Who knows? Yeah. About upstairs, Ron. I got a level with you. This might be hard to believe, but we're not just spice merchants. What? Yeah. Hear me out. We're also wildly talented circus performers. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, fucking way. <laughs> big, big time. And currently, our company has a lot of room for upward mobility and expansion. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hey, not, you're not a part of the famous Mistress Dusklight Celestial Menagerie, are you? I've heard amazing things about that show. Fuck no. Well, well. Anyways, Ron, we like you. And we also hear your concerns with the management style of things here. And I think there might be a world where you could work with us, but there is no way that could ever happen until we finish moving through this tower. So we could use a little help with figuring out what's in some of these rooms down the hallway. Oh, uh, yeah, wait a minute. I mean, I don't, I've never been much of a performer. And, you know, I mean, like I get a little bit of stage fright. Ron, it's all right. It's all right. The position we're looking to fill is company manager. We have a gentleman who's running it now who will be retiring imminently, and uh, he, he will need a replacement, and you are a leader. Company manager. Oh, my God. Well, uh, I'm the legal yeah. consultant and accountant, Ron, and I don't perform most of the time if I can help it, so there's plenty of room for those who aren't on the stage in our little oh. band. That's amazing. I I just always figured that everybody, you know, was a, a talented performer and just wore a lot of hats and those kinds <laughs> of... We do wear a lot of hats, and some of us are less talented than others, speaking for myself. But all you need is a fine suit and a pair of trousers for your tail to fit through. Oh, I mean, I've got, got some outfits, you know. <laughs> I don't see a lot of wear here. Uh, <laughs> I'd imagine not. What a shame. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you like to get him worn on a little bit? Yeah. Dip your toes yeah, I'd in. Like, I'd like to be somebody who, you know. Dip your one sharp curled toe in. I could I could be somebody who wore dress clothes. Yes. On a regular basis. And Ron, you know people. Yeah. And that's a skill that not everybody has. Yeah. Indeed not. I appreciate that. Then I, I just gotta say, I, full transparency, I never let a team larger than f- four hunters. <laughs> um, 
do. And how did that end? Oh, oh yes, I. Uh... <laughs> well, God. never mind. Never mind. Do, uh, do you have references from this team? <laughs> I, I don't. It all ended too quickly. But uh, do know people. I would like to get out of here. All right, well, Ron. So I'm on board. Excellent, excellent, excellent. In that case, Ron, I'd like you to have this. And Leighton hands him the stone that was used to knock him unconscious, but that Leighton also assumes is the speaking stone of the Zulgaths, and says, you can implement it on your first day. Thank you. Thank you very much. He turns it over, and the Kai is scratched. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> 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 and Lincoln quickly that. erodes that with a tempest touch. <laughs> We're gonna have that personalized for you later. <laughs> you, you can um, put it on your desk. Thank you. Uh, look, I'll, I'll be honest. I I don't think I'm in fighting shape right now. And as happy as I am to be recruited for a, a new opportunity, I um. I'm not sure I'm comfortable killing all of my former co-workers personally. You know, if you guys do it, like, I mean, that, like, you know, that's on you. But I personally Ron, don't want to fucking kill all of them. It's, <laughs> Ron, Ron, it's, a, Ron. it's a real dark moral gray land you're entering there, Ron. Ron. I hope this doesn't Bean. reflect poorly on me as, you know, no. I enter a new... Ron, you're being totally reasonable. We'd never ask you to do that. We're just, just trying to figure out. We just need you to stay out of the way. Yeah, yeah, that's sort of the way I'm thinking about it, right? Like, if I left right now, you do your thing, and then, you know, if we made up down the road and you offered me this job, I'd say yes. And, like, so what's the difference if I leave now or, you know, it's a, a yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, well, I'm looking at it. Ron, is it okay if we don't kill everyone? Or is that is that important to you? No, no. I mean, look, um, I'll write down a couple of, like, you probably want to kill them. <laughs> but, but, yeah, you know, if there are survivors, that, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I like you, Ron. I'll kill you last. <laughs> I tried to name, add your name to the list of do not kill, Ron. Circus humor. Yes. Ron. When we get back to my chambers, I've got a list of every time I was disrespected. So, oh, we no. have someone who does that too. <laughs> Ron, though, what's the best way to get to Cavna Cash? Ah. Uh, so the best way to get up uh, is on the, we're sort of in a bit of a, a horseshoe and the, the stairs are at the center. Okay, so there's the entryway, you can go left or right and then you can go around, but we want to get to the far side of basically a box in the middle of this room. So maybe not a horseshoe since a horseshoe is <laughs> open side. Right, so it's a, it's a square. It's a square and the, the entrance is on the far side of the Maybe maybe we start you down a few positions at the circus. <laughs> not, maybe we should just jump into company. No, no, yeah, spatial reasoning isn't always the number one most important skill in a company. That's, that, that's true. That's that's very true. Never mind. Know, go, go on, Ron. I didn't mean to. 
interrupt. Always makes me feel <laughs> unzulgathian when I have trouble with these kinds of things. I don't know. No, just... no, it's quite all right. Quite all right. Go on. Oh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, so the stairs are, are, in, the, are in the center. Um, the stairs are in the center uh, on, the, on the far side. And, um, you know, there are, there's a Zulgath other Zulgath skulkers uh, quarters to the to the north there and down the down the hallway to the north and then there's an area that we don't usually go um to the to the south down there there's, there's a sunken floor pit and it just doesn't seem particularly stable so we keep away from it that's interesting is that where the ooze is i don't think so no the the stones over there and he points to the piles of stones at the southern end of the room those are Mostly what we use to keep the oozes out of where we don't want them. So that kept them out of the Pinacosaurus's area up north there. You know, that was generally the idea. Got it. Well, it's been a pleasure. Slits his throat. (laughs) (laughs) Gargoyles, traitor, traitor. Just go to sleep, Ron. Just go to sleep. That's dark. Don't look at me. Um, before we move on, <laughs> unless anybody has other questions for Ron, or, but, uh, before we move on, does anybody want that Bloodseeker beak? Because that could be a useful thing to hook up for one of our melee fighters. I mean, I'll, I'll take it, sure. Yeah, snag it, and if you get into a flanking position, pop it on the boss. I, I would also be down to have the shark tooth charm, but I get if there's someone who wants to make a stronger case for it. I'm cool with that. I just don't. I don't think you can use it yet. Ash it for now. Mm-hmm. Great. So Eugene is getting both of those items. You have searched these areas. You have invited Ron to betray his organization. He seems amenable. And nice. you know that the stairs are somewhere to the east of you on the far side of this wall somewhere. Let's go down the hallway. Sven is ready to go down the hallway. Do we want to go down to the south and the the sunken floor room? Avoid these. Try to avoid these Zulgath skulkers. I'd be down. That is fine too. Sure, as long as Claude can handle it. What could possibly be worse than Zulgath stalkers? Let's head down. Oh God. What? And on that auspicious note, we're gonna head south next week. <laughs> <laughs> the scariest thing is never in the basement. Yeah. Yeah, let's go into that part of the tower that they don't go in. <laughs> <laughs> They're afraid of. <laughs>